Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. Welcome in all you fantasy football truthers. We have another informative episode of The Flex. Quick note before we start, we are down one tonight as our own Bob Greenlaw is off on vacation, off gallivanting in the foothills of North Ireland. He did want to shout out, shout out excuse me, and thank Craig Wiley, otherwise known as Derek Henry's burner at Casual Titan Fan 3 for winning, winning the DGB autograph last week. But upon further review, we might have to ask for that back as he might need to get shot into the sun for his all his IDP and week 17 championship questions when we were trying to get some serious fantasy questions this week. So, but thanks for listening, and that's the, that's the benefit of listening to every little word. It was a joke. Greenlaw stuck to his word, gave it to the first person who asked. So that's why you that's why you watch the show, listen to the show, and pay attention. You never know what ex-Titan autograph you're going to win. I was going to say what part of Greenlaw's house he's going to give away. I mean, he's not here, so, I mean, we just give away his basement at some point in time, maybe? Uh, I don't know if I'm pointing to the right spot, but I think his basement looks a little like right there. Yep. yep. <laughs> interesting angle we got tonight. <laughs> oh, we miss a green law, but we're going to try to get through this without you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get his Twitter handle right tonight when he's not here. <laughs> I just time. I just hope that he has a, a, such a good vacation that he somehow finds that life he's been looking for. Sure. <laughs> well, it, does he keep coming to see you at the life store, JG? <laughs> You know, I don't think JG got that one. I don't think he did either. You, how confused are you tonight? <laughs> I'm not. Stop it. <laughs> I'm right. ready to, I'm this ready to is answer truly, some This is truly going to be a good episode tonight. This is truly oh, see what you did there. off to a great start. Yeah. Contact well, me truly, Zach, at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Thank you. Nice plug. Here's the thing, though. We will get to the questions in a little bit. Simmer down. There is some news, some things that have happened in the world that affects fantasy football that happened between our last show and this show, going through some things. One of which, one of which is the COVID deadline passed, and no real big notable names, but just wanted to see if y'all had any opinions about who did opt out for, the, for COVID and what you were wanting to stay away from or anything that was a big red flag to you or anything that you went, okay, now I need to pay attention to this player just in case. Did we talk about Damian Williams? I don't yeah. think we did. Did we? Wait, did we? I think I we talked know. about Clyde Edwards Alaire being a freaking. We, we did, but I don't know if we talked about Damian Williams opting out. Well, I feel like we did. Now I'm kind of feeling like we did. Either way, well, here's the thing. That was the most notable one, right? right? I mean, like so, for fantasy football purposes, that was it. What offensive lineman opted out? So we got the center for the Patriots. That seems pretty big. Nate Solder Some... for the Giants. Nate Solder, some backup guy for the for the Bengals. And then the um, oh, a guy for the Buccaneers did too. Like I think maybe two guys for Buccaneers. Am I making that up? Jamar Dodson, but he got signed by someone. He got cut, but the the, Brad Seaton. That's who it was. Oh, former Titan. What? Former Titan, Brad Seaton, tackle. Sure, like the seven foot tackle guy. No. Yes. No. I don't know. Watch the YouTube version for the yeah. for the whatever <laughs> the accurate. I love the, I love the mental Olympics that Zach was going through right there. <laughs> you know, I don't think was his name Brad Seaton. Yes. I don't know. Let's get off this topic. 
Um, <laughs> COVID sucks. It's yeah. ruined everything except for football. Football it hasn't ruined game. fantasy football at all, in my opinion. Yeah. Still, it looks like NFL is going to move forward, so that, that's good. The other one was Darius Geis was arrested and released by oh, yeah. Washington football team. Good job. Thank you. And how does that how does that affect just off the top of your minds? Uh, how does that affect the Washington football team backfield? Nice. I would say that Antonio Gibson, I think, was going around the thirteenth or yeah, thirteenth round last I had written an article. And I think that if you don't take a chance on Antonio Gibson by um I'd say he's moved up at least to top ten, first ten rounds. He that... is currently one fifty four RB fifty one. Damn, still? Has, has he been to process that, though, with all the resets? I mean, I don't know I how. Don't know I, how I don't know how much yeah. this, I don't know how frequently or how much weight it gives right. to recent Well, I know he pros. was 13th round in PPR. Um, but, fantasy pros, he, current yeah, PPR. he should definitely be on the radar because they can say that they're going to give it all to Antonio Peterson, but Antonio Peterson can't Adrian. catch. Whatever. He doesn't matter. He's old. Fuck him. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Uh, Antonio Gibson, though, right? Not Adrian. What Gibson. about Peyton Barber, who kept Ronald Jones uh, I knew off the you're field? You mention Peyton Barber because we're going to talk about Ronald Jones in a few minutes. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. no the it's problem a for me is that all of them are a no, no, no. Because who the heck's getting the carries? I mean, I guess like for where Gibson, they're going, it doesn't Gibson's matter. Get the touches. Yeah, if you want to draft one of these guys, it's like, who cares? This is a throwaway draft pick where you just take flyers on guys that you have random personal beliefs in or little tidbits of knowledge that you think are going to pay off. Like, if you want to take Antonio Gibson in the 14th, 15th round, go for it. Why not, you know? I'm probably staying away just because I don't have any faith in Washington's offense to be good at all, so that doesn't mean that a running... To me, that means it's going to be hard for one running back to emerge as someone good. So I'm just like, no thanks. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me that guys... I didn't want guys... I didn't want anybody else, and I still feel that way. That's a situation where, in a little foreshadowing here, when, when you get the coach speak involved, where this is our guy, this is our starter, that's a backfield I'm staying away from, or I'm at least wanting to see some evidence of before I, I make any decisions. I'm definitely not looking to draft any of them unless I'm absolutely desperate, and one of them just happens to be there, and I need a running back because I don't trust that at all. I don't like it at all, and I don't. I, I and I, I'll be honest with you. Who knows? Maybe they try to force Adrian Peterson and say, "Let's just." Let's just, he's old, whatever. We're just going to give him as many touches as we can until he breaks. Yeah, and honestly, like, you, this is a situation you can monitor after week one, week two, and see how the carry distribution unfolds and right. how Washington's offense looks. And if they are giving it to one guy and you can pick him up off waivers, you know, after week one or two, then go for it. But, you know, it's something you can probably, be, you like you might be able to pick up a Washington running back for your random bye week in week eight. If Antonio Gibson is not being drafted in your league, then you're in a league full of stupid fucking idiots because I'm telling you, they have very limited playmakers they can give the ball to. They have Terry McLaurin. Memphis bias. Terry McLaurin. And Antonio Gibson can catch the ball. He's a Swiss Army knife. He is going to have an impact on this offense. Draft him in those those teen rounds – and yeah, especially sure. if you're in PPR, just don't go let him go undrafted because you, you're you not guaranteed the waiver. Look, I, I, I like Antonio Gibson. I liked That's him fair. on draft day. He was a guy that I was hoping the Titans would possibly target late. 
I love that they got Evans instead. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I like both those guys coming out of college. Um, so Zach, since you're since you're a little sounds like you might be a little higher on Gibson as far as fantasy value for this year, it doesn't mean I think any less of him as a player. What he has could be in the future. What is too high to draft him? When should people stay away okay. from until? Truly, Zach at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. There's a there's obviously the you know, first round is obviously too high, right? But if we're talking realistically, like I in in my league, um, I have a lot of high round picks, right? In one of the leagues I'm in, and so for me to get Antonio Gibson, I'm, I would probably have to draft him in the ninth round because that's one of my lowest picks in that draft. It's a little bit of a humble brag, and I would be willing to do it because the rest of my roster is already filled up by that point. So. I would say that I think a too high normally in a draft, if you were just going pick by pick by pick every round, 10th round is probably right. a little too high, but I don't know. I, That's your border. Ninth line. round. Let's say ninth round is too okay. high. So double digits. truly, truly too high. Zach of Broadway Sports. Can, can you, uh, for the YouTube, can you do a truly counter by the end of this, this just for this episode? Like a yeah, little running tally somewhere every time uh, he says it. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to do that. I'm just was just an idea of life. Here no, we go. No, that'd be funny. If you want to sponsor, you'll truly do it. Honestly, I think that if you end up drafting Antonio Gibson in the ninth or tenth round, you might have to claw your way back from some pretty difficult matchups because that's too high. Like twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, he should still be there. Tenth round, come on. It sounds like to me you'll have to seltzer this argument, Ryan. I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> Settle. That is a, is a stretch. It okay. truly was right. a stretch. <laughs> All right. Give me <laughs> All right. Anyway, All right. So moving on something? to the next big thing. Um, <laughs> the Patriots also signed Lamar Miller, blast from the AFC South past. How does the, that go into affecting the Patriots back? Because everyone was saying it was Damian Williams' show and it was going to be James White. What, what's going on there now? It truly – okay, this is the last one. It truly is a mess. <laughs> Zach at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Anyway, it's awful. I first off, I'm out on any Patriots running back anyway anymore. I've I've gone the Sony Michelle route these last two years. Doesn't work. I, it, it, they're unreliable to have as starters until someone gets injured in that backfield. You have James White, Damian Harris, uh, Lamar Miller, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. And I'm sure there's some other fucking random undrafted free agent running back that we don't even know about that's going to start seeing carries by like week six on some game plan, whoever they play on week six. They're like, oh, you know, we should really start uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, that guy. And uh, he'll get like 100 yards or whatever. And then you'll never see Jimmy that guy ever again. Stay away from him. Just let someone else draft them now if you're in a ppr or a standard league and you see lamar miller or sonny michelle there at you know round 12 round 13 and you're you know you your last two picks are reserved for kicker and a defense yeah that 
I'd go. Just don't expect anything from them. They, they are like a last resort kind of play. I have a different opinion. Adonis. Or as I more famously once said, I disagree. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like James White. I feel like he's currently going as RB30. And I think yeah. that he will definitely finish as higher than RB30. Ooh, higher than RB30? Higher than RB30? What, am I hearing doubt? Look. You're hearing a little doubt over here. I, I, so, hold on. Graham Barfield. I truly anyone, think it's a bad idea. If anyone knows who Graham Barfield is, at Graham Barfield on Twitter, he owns Fantasy Points or whatever that, that's a site, I guess. He tweeted out a little interesting little nugget that James White has finished as a PPR RB2 or better. That means a top 24 weekly scorer. So on a weekly basis, 71% of his games over the last two years, he has finished as RB24 or better. I think that at RB30, someone who's finishing over 71% of his games as an RB24 or better is someone you can bet on to be an RB30 who you're not going to play every week, but... You can put him in at RB2. You can put him in at flex if you're dealing with injuries, if you go receiver heavy. Nice one. Oh, good. If you go receiver heavy earlier in the draft and you're looking for an RB2 or that zero RB strategy, I personally don't favor that strategy this year, but I think you can do a lot worse than James White at 77 overall, seventh round pick. Like, that's where you're adding your third RB or fourth RB. Like, give me him there all day. So those are some good points here, and I think I read also that the people are making some correlations between not saying that James White and Christian McCaffrey are the same player, but they are similar in their skill sets as far as what they do out of the backfield and what they can do, and people are already making that that connection of Cam Newton. He's used to having the Christian McCaffrey. James White's going to play a similar position. He's the one that fits that mold out of all those 700 running backs that are in that backfield. But it's, I still think that's a threat because this is one of those things where you have to take other things into consideration, like seven of their offensive linemen opting out or whatever it is, and then like the whole defense opting out. This isn't going to be, I mean, an easy road for the, for the Patriots this year. And then who knows if it's going to be Cam Newton really starting if he's going to stay healthy. So there's a lot of questions there. But I do, I do see that it's at least interesting to keep track of. But I think the main thing I heard, I heard here is there was a little disagreement between the two of you between how James White is going to finish the year. Yeah, I am going to say that Justin is wrong. I just don't think he's going to he's going to make it. So you want to bet on it? Put it put it in the wall. This is an official oh, the sound. Okay, I guess that means there's no turns takes back take backs. There's no, no take backsies. You got it. Oh. So if you want to clarify, if you want to clarify the bet, what I heard was an actual positional number at RB 30. He's going to finish higher than 30. So he has to. So Is that total points or average points? Uh, PPR. No, he's not going to be running back 30. What else do you okay. want from me? Total points. Got it. Okay. We're good. All right. So we're locking that in. Lock it in. Locking baby. it in. Throw it in the, another brick in the wall, baby. Yeah, we'll, we'll find some other sound effects later for that, but that's what we got for now. Deal with it. Cash it in the brick. <laughs> the bank brick that's, vault. That'll give us bricks. something to talk about as we go along. Keep track of that. You know, really pay attention. Something else you have to pay attention to throughout a season is something that I think we refer to as coach speak. 
And what that means is that you'll have a coach make a statement of, this is our guy, right? We're going to go with this guy. And how many times have I been burned by saying, you know, coach said so-and-so is going to be his lead back, and then you find he gets three carries in the first half, and you're like, what the hell? I, you know, I could have started this other guy who scored 20 points, I would have won my game. So it's kind of one of those things you have to – you have to understand that sometimes coach speak is to throw off the other defense. They're still, they're not here for your fantasy value. They're not here for your fantasy life. They're here to win football games. So sometimes when you hear things like that, you've got to take into consideration, is it coach speak? Are they just trying to throw people off? And, and who knows if they get into the game, they could mean it. And then the flow is just off. It's or always one of those situations. It could be that they're trying to like motivate a player on their team or like start a, a little competition in a position group or sure. make a hint to, or, you know, like it doesn't necessarily have to be about throwing off an opponent, but yeah, I mean, whatever it is, there could be a lot of reasons a coach is saying something he's saying. So I've got a few situations here. You kind of have to read through the lines, I guess is what you're, you know, read between the lines, excuse me, of what you're, what you're, what you're saying. So I've got a few things here of what's come out. Like, like Frank Reich came out and said that, Marlon Mack is his lead back. And we can yeah, okay. get into that if you want to, but how do we feel about that considering what the Colts' backfield has looked over the, like, the past couple of years? It's just like the Patriots' backfield. No, thank you. I mean, he could be the lead back all he wants, but that's not – and that may help you in fantasy because Marlon Mack's value is so low, but you can't trust it. Even if the value is there, it's it's something you can't really trust, I feel like. He also said they're going to go with the hot hand. So, like, what does that mean? Marlon Mack's going back now, but the hot hand could yeah. be anybody. It could be Jordan That's my Wilkins point. Like, or whoever that guy was that ripped off a 50-yard right. run against the Titans. Like, that, then Hard Knocks, when, when they're talking about the quarterbacks and Tyrod's going to start the season, and, and, and but if you definitely heard in there, it was little things. Like, he, there was no, like, he's our guy. We're going to go with him. You know, there was nothing like that. It was like, well, we're sure we're sure Herbert will get some plays, and then he'll start working in. So there's no confidence there. I don't, I don't have any confidence in that position at this point in time. So the same thing with running backs. If you have one comment saying lead back, but then we're going to go with hot hand, well, that's not your lead back to me. Not right. not officially. That's not the guy you're going to go with. He doesn't get chances. He doesn't get – he's on a short leash is what that tells me. So you have to kind of read the whole quote, see everything. So What, what yeah, it tells me is that – yeah, what, what it tells me is that Frank Reich is just answering a question to the media and not really giving much thought about how it actually affects his team, but more about how the media can be satisfied with his answer. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're the fantasy football world, I mean, and you believe that from someone that Marlon Mack is, it's not anybody really, Some he's not someone that you can really rally a whole team around, right? He's not Derrick Henry. Like, right. you know, Which is funny considering Derrick Henry's team, same right? It's Nick Chubb's team. I mean, there's nobody breathing down their neck, even though right. you can make things about Kareem Hunt. I, I mean, save it. But, you know, he's not a generational talent, this Mar Marlon Mack. So I personally would not be uh, worried about it. I mean, I'm not going to let Frank Wright try to convince me that Marlon Mack is something that he isn't. Right. And the, the, also the fact that he went with the hot hand thing at the end is like, he's just talking out both sides. He's saying both things. So like, yeah, if one of them is true, then they're both what, like that doesn't mean anything. Right. 
Yeah, they kind of – it's a double negative to me. They cancel each other out. It's just I don't like it. And something else I don't like is Adam Gase and his Le'Veon Bell comments where he said that he plans to use him more effectively. Says he tries to he tried to get him going early last year, did a bad job early in the season. Le'Veon also promises this is going to be his best season, but I have to, I have to kind of dissect what Gase is saying. First of all, I, I, don't, I don't really like anything that guy says ever right now. He hasn't proved to me that he can win outside of his special situations in the NFL. I don't know why he keeps getting jobs, but here we are. And that, let's just dive into that statement real quick, is that he plans to use him more effectively. Not that he plans to feed him or give him the lion's share of the carries more effectively, which could easily mean use a lot of spreading him out, using him in special situations, hot hand type situation, those kind of things, instead of just forcing the issue with him, which that, so again, and it could mean completely opposite, but unfortunately the way he phrased it and going back and saying, we tried to give him the ball too early last year, that kind of stuff kind of scares me away and doesn't want me to, not that I was ever going to look into drafting bell with the jets anyway, but now it's even another red flag for me. Yeah, and well, he also said that they want to try, try, try to run 60 to 80 plays per game. Like, no shit, every coach wants to run 60 to 80 plays per game. That's like, if you run 80 plays in a game, you probably controlled the whole game and won easily. Like, I want a golden toilet, and here we are. Yeah, that, that, that's not like, because last year the Jets were, I think, I think they were actually like 10th in the league or so, like 59 plays per game. I'm not sure about that. Correction will be on the YouTube vid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, of course you want to run more plays. Of course you want the running back that you're paying $17 million or whatever to, to get more effective touches, like whatever, Adam Gase, I don't, this isn't affecting my fantasy football stock or anything. I think it should. And and here's why, because he was poorly mismanaged last year. And it's, it's typical with Adam Gase, you know, he tries to think they smarter than everybody else. But when you look at the opportunities that he provided Le'Veon, they're, they're not that great compared to what he got in Pittsburgh. You're talking about a guy that in Pittsburgh got targets of 66's rookie year, then 105, and then he got injured in 2015, so he only got 26, then 94, then 106, and then 78 in a fully healthy 15-game season here. And then the carries aren't that great either. I mean, to me – I think that's what he's talking about is that, yeah, Frank Gore's there. You know, Frank Gore's kind of like fantasy kryptonite, it feels like. You never know what's going to happen. But I feel like he's going to try and get him more involved in the passing game. Right now, this is a buy low, sell high kind of candidate. And I'm kind of all in on some Le'Veon Bell in the fourth and fifth round, which is – that's a little lower than what he's going uh, technically by ADP. But I think that in most, if you're in a smart fantasy league, I think that that is where he will fall. And I think that, you know, scoop him up. I mean, he still finished. I know not in a per game average because he finished 19th on a per game average, but he finished 16th, right? Yeah. No, 13th. Yeah. Was it 13? 16th. Yeah, then dropped to 19th, only dropped three spots. I felt like it's more. Anyway, yeah. 16th in just total points for. And so I don't know. It, I think there's some motivation there. I think, you know, he's the most talented. Again, Kelly like Antonio Gibson, he's one of the more talented people on that team. And I think they're going to use him more in the passing game, which they clearly did not last year. 
Yeah, I mean, he is going right now ADP-wise at RB18. Do I think that Le'Veon Bell will finish higher than that? Most likely. Most likely. But I think it will come in one of those, like, seasons where most weeks he disappoints you and then he scores, like, three touchdowns in a game a couple times. And his season is... Yeah, exactly. And his entire season point total is buoyed by these insane good games, but you never started him because he was bad mostly. And he's just not a con- he's a guy that because he plays for the Jets, something to do with Bell as a player. It's just like I am just out on the Jets from an offensive consistency basis. They're the type type of team that could lose thirty to three any given week and have like no offense to speak for, you know, just because they're bad. I don't know. I'm out on the Jets. Yeah, his 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 potential to have those kind of High, high peaks and ballots reminds me of Will Fuller, which is why I'm staying away from him too. Ah, get out of here. I don't know. I I think that you'll see a. I think he's a high floor, way high ceiling kind of guy. Like I think his his floor is still like, I don't know, like sixty points and touchdown, which is about twelve points, right? I mean. You know, well, sixty yards and sixty yards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny. I knew what you meant, even though you didn't. Yeah, but like you know, that's still twelve points. I think that his floor is still double-digit points. He just may not get you that twenty every week. And to me, that's what you're looking for in an RB two or someone in the flex. I will say, if you if your draft does take you down a road where you end up not drafting two running backs early. You could probably do a lot worse than Le'Veon Bell in this. And range. let me say this: speaking of the New York Jets, Joe Namath was known as Broadway Joe, and we are a part of BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And right now, it is nine ninety nine for an all inclusive membership. That's B R O A D W A Y S P O R T S M E E D I A dot com. Go sign up. We have soccer. We have hockey. If you're Rex Green, you hate both of those sports. But that's okay if you hate both of those sports because we have football. Football's coming. Fantasy football. Me and Justin writing articles. Easily accessible. You can see them everywhere. Then you have Ryan is going to be taking his knowledge as an all-world defensive line, offensive line coach and putting it, and we're calling it in the trenches, I believe, and he's going to preview and review the Titans offensive line, the Titans defensive line, and their opponents. And that's coming. And let me tell you something. Those previews are very important for fantasy football because your offensive line's blocking, and you want to know, do they buy enough time? What do they do right? What are they doing wrong? Run game, is it good? I don't know. Ryan will tell you. Anyway, nine ninety nine. We got it. Everything you want. Fantasy football, Titans, Nashville soccer, Nashville Predators, pop culture, hard knocks. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably you, say some shit. Did you <laughs> even mention the uh, seven-day free trial? Oh, there is a seven-day free trial, which, to be honest, in my opinion, too long because it's too good. If, if you are using the full seven days and not paying after day one, there's something wrong with you. You're just trying to game the system and trying to put it off. It's going to happen. It's like it's like when you're dating that girl and you know you don't want to call her, you know, your girlfriend in front of your friends too early, but everybody around you knows that she's the one. This is what it is. It's time. Come on, come home. Come home to us. Come home to Broadway. 
Nice. Well, thank you for that infomercial, Zach. That was very well done. Very well said. Thank you. And it, it happened organically. Yeah. yeah I'm glad cool. it happened organically <laughs> as we had one more coach to talk about, but here we are. <laughs> I was just going to mention one more because you led into it earlier, and I have to stick with it. Is Bruce Arians saying that Ronald Jones is lead back, and there was a nice little tagline that, that JG provided in our chat. I was going to let you go ahead and say it, what your response to that was. I don't remember. Wait, his response or my response? LOL, okay, Bruce, whoever said that. Oh, yeah. This this whole thing that Bruce Arians is some kind of liar. Did I say that? Where did it even come from? Like, where did it even come from? The guy told us that they were going after Tom Brady, and they got Tom Brady. And remember, people were like, oh, Tom Brady's not choosing them. Bruce Arians, he's all in on Jameis Winston. He tried telling you guys. You should listen to Bruce Arians, and he's telling you right now, Ronald Jones is the guy. Ronald Jones, he can catch passes. There's this narrative out there that he's not a big pass catcher. Well, I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe you should, guys should watch some tape instead of just spouting off at the mouth. He can catch passes. He can run between tackles. He's got speed. He's got strength. And he's going to go all the way. And you are talking about a RB1 down in Tampa. And you know me. I was all big on some Keyshawn Vaughn. But before the draft, I was kind of out on Keyshawn. And then I was like, oh, he landed in Tampa. That's a really good one, Tom Brady. But Tom Brady has been practicing with Ronald Jones. He hasn't been tra- practicing with COVID-riddled Keyshawn uh, He's off the list. He's like, off what? the list. But he wasn't, so he missed valuable practice time. No, he with missed, his disease, he missed non-valuable his running back wait, wait, workout wait, 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 wait. conditioning Were, time. Weren't you the one last week that was saying you shouldn't have concerns about running backs missing for the COVID? Yeah, you shouldn't have concerns about that running back because you got Ronald Jones to go with. <laughs> All right. The thing with Ronald Jones is that he's just not that good. Like, I was I not. I threw okay. away my notes because I cleaned my office, but I had notes that told you otherwise last week. So go listen to last week's episode. You should do that. And in, But the only thing for me is that just, like, Ronald Jones is like, bleh, no, no, thank you. Ronald Jones may be Bruce Arians, like, Bruce Arians may think right now that Ronald Jones is his guy, or maybe Bruce Arians is just like, hey, I'm going to get some confidence going in my running back, Ronald Jones, like make him feel like he's doing things well, and that way maybe he'll come with a confident edge to practice, and so maybe he's just saying some bullshit that doesn't matter. But I think that Ronald Jones isn't that good regardless. So if Bruce Arians tries to make Ronald Jones the guy, he's going to be like, wait a second, we can't do this. Listen to this (laughs) clip by James Palmer. And let me tell you why, after the clip, Ronald Jones is the guy. He really does, Andrew. And there was some thought this offseason, how the carries were going to be divided between Ronald Jones, and then they get Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round out of Vanderbilt. And then last Monday, they bring in LaShawn McCoy. But Arians has made it abundantly clear. It is Ronald Jones. They just Jones signed LaShawn the McCoy. The They're not going to give the ball to Ronald Jones. Who gives a shit about LaShawn? Okay, that's what everybody said about Damian Williams last year. That's what everyone said about Peyton Barber Wait, wasn't LaShawn McCoy in, on the Chiefs last year? Yeah. yeah. What did that, this really thing, it feels like the same situation for him. Yeah, just, just, he's just trying to ride the coattails of the team. I'm not going to play this whole clip. It's a minute 25. Well, don't play the whole clip, but do you even want to hear what he says? I'm listening. 
season, building some chemistry. A lot of time on his own, working on different angles. He catches the football. Don't oh, let I'm him get tell into you. his chest. I just won't react. Brady has react. worked with him as well, telling him he needs to stay lower in his route. Well, I'm hoping the like video is just up on be more explosive that, after yeah, he catches it. Jones has also looked about us. how he reads defenses, Andrew, pre-snap, whether it's zone or man, so he can find different holes in it. And then this is where LaShawn McCoy plays a role as well. He has taken upon himself to talk to Brady about what he wants out of these running backs catching the football. He's talked to some former running backs that have played with Brady, and all of this comes together because if the running back is not just a check down, the Bucks believe if they're important in the passing game, Andrew, I, changes I forgot the okay, that clip so taught me nothing. It just said that Ronald Jones is like trying to study some shit. Well, Ronald Jones it has bad vision as a running back, which tells me that he's not good at studying that kind of shit. So what? I'm not Ronald Jones it tells you that he's been practicing with Tom Brady and building chemistry and Tom Brady passes 120 passes towards his running back and he can catch. What are you talking about? What are you, when you out even on to the, the right Ronald pod? Jones experiment. Yeah. I am not in on it. I don't want any part He's of Ronald like Jones. He's like an eighth round running back or something like that. Bottom Here's up. how I feel. I would Bottom rather up. miss Ronald Jones being good than draft him, and he's terrible. And I think that the latter is more likely. So, uh, well. No thanks. Goodbye, Ronald Jones. Off my lineup. You can draft him, though. You Let should me draft tell him. you something. I got something to etch in some stone. Ronald Jones will finish as a top 20 RB. No. And he, and he will finish higher than James White 100%. Are we getting a double bubble here, boys? A double, bu a double bubble on the brick. Okay, so double what if he finishes as I'm RB20? What if he finishes as RB21 and James White is still a top 30 running back? I think well, then I win ball. one. I, I okay, so this is two and, separate bets. It's not yeah, like a parlay. Two separate bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not parlaying. I'm just saying that, you know, not only is he going to beat Jane. Well, no, you know what? Let's throw it all in. Fuck it. Parlay it, baby. Do it live. I'm going to parlay <laughs> so, these bricks. I'm going to take these two bricks. I'm going to get some mortar and I'm going to put them together. Build a wall. And I'm building a wall around me and Ronald Jones. And we are going to hug <laughs> when he becomes a top 20 running back. And he beats James White. All right. But does James I, White this, still have to finish top thirty? Yes, well, then, no, we'll bet. still keep the James White the okay. separate bet. But I'm just I'm building a my own separate pizza oven. Okay. Yeah, so see, the the only problem with this is like Ronald Jones could easily finish higher than James White, but I'm oh I thought he sucked out on Ronald Jones, but so I'll take. You want to say? So you want to say? Let's do it, baby. All right, so lock that, that's it a in. good one because I got some really shitty bets that we counted that I didn't know we. I don't were know if we count. counted those. And somebody uh, okay. added to the spreadsheet something about me betting that uh, Joe Burrow would have at least four games. That's what you four said. Points what you said. Less. I did not say that, and I certainly did not <laughs> set it in stone. Bet it. Unfortunately, well, definitely recorded? said it. <laughs> I said that he would have a hand. I might have said four games. Okay. All right, hold but on. I didn't say no. at least four games, and I didn't say. So talk about your past mistake. Less. So I don't you know who that's in the spreadsheet. Ronald Jones finishing higher than James White. Yeah. Not only this is one bet that has nothing to do with the James White bet that I'm already winning with uh, Graver, is it's the Ronald Jones bet. If we're going to call it the Ronald Jones Walk of Fame. So we got one handprint for in the cement, wet cement for top 20 running back. Okay. Another handprint in the wet cement for beating James White. So that if he finished 18th, but James White finishes 18th. Then I lost the bet. 
You lost. All right. So <laughs> I'm not worried you, about that. Like James, are you locking that in? Room. It's it's locked in. It's actually locked on your part. I'm, cement, I'm gonna get confirmation. Oh, the cement uh, dried. Yeah, the mortar's already dry. The bricks in place. So if we wanted to like run through a brick wall, this would be a good opportunity. But the bet would still stand. Actually. Yeah. All right. So locking that in. But it's, it's the foundation I, of my house. I do think it's funny, though, that we were those early recordings. We were talking about Tampa Bay pretty early on and how we were questioning some of that. And now we're a little more bullied the last couple of weeks are we're talking about maybe like fantasy fever, about, baby. Taking over. It's fantasy. You know, you, it's, well, I'm still question, out of the box, so I don't know what you're talking about. I know, but but it's <laughs> but they've been coming up as there's not maybe as many questions here leading forward. So we'll see. But speaking of questions, we did reach Ooh. out on Twitter. We did reach out to our fans. Got to think of a nickname for our for our flex followers here. Flex myself here. There we go. Um, Flex, something to call them. Flexens. Flexites. Flexions. Flexites. I don't know. Flexions. But we did ask for your flexions. We got tons of fleeple. We only picked fleeple. So many. Hey, we got we'll take so this many, offline. Let's, listen, we got so many off. questions. We only picked what six or seven of them out of the many questions. Oh, we got millions of questions. Yeah, we're gonna pick. Yeah, we only got six, six out of seven, the. Yeah, exactly. At least we got like. 25 questions we got at least right. 1 million questions submitted actually. so at I, least it was a great twitter tag. and email zach yeah. at broadwaysportsmedia.com a couple from truly it's right there yep yeah. a couple over the uh the uh sos line or whatever you call it morse code yeah right. we got them all in last truly nope. we better in this quick great <laughs> great tag by jg Reflections. Uh, we had a great some great questions. We're gonna start, and let me just say this before we get. If I get your name wrong or if I mispronounce it, I apologize. I, I can't even say just my own name. Or get a host. better name, honestly. Yeah. So to be fair, Raheem Mostert, Mostert, Mustard, is the worst fucking last name. What's that last name? I've never heard it before. <laughs> Well, I heard it a bunch of times, and I still screwed it up, so what does that say about me? <laughs> anyway, moving to our first question from Kenneth Goit. I hope. Uh, at Kenneth Goit, what would you trade AGB away for in a Superflex PPR dynasty? And Superflex, to my understanding, is a, where you can use one of the flex spots for the second quarterback. Yes, and by AGB, I assume he means A.J. Brown. And in a yes. Superflex dynasty, dynasty, in a PPR dynasty league dynasty. to me... Wide receivers are king, especially young wide receivers, especially second-year wide receivers who have already like broken out on every statistical metric. So it would take a lot for me to trade A.J. Brown. I know he's not in a pass-heavy offense, but he produced 1,000 yards last year in a not-pass-heavy offense. So I don't know if he needs to be in a pass-heavy offense. So to me, it would take like a bona fide what you think A.J. Brown could develop into for me to give up because... You're giving up years that you have that development, whereas if you trade for an established guy, obviously, you don't have him for as long. Um, so I guess how many how many rounds or um, are typically a dynasty league? Well, it depends on the league, but ten to twelve. Well, it's just somewhere in that or in there. In my league of record, uh, we are not a we're a keeper league based on draft uh, pick value right wherever you drafted them you get that pick for the next year if you keep them you have to give that pick up right so mr lebowski and mike herndon mike miracles both are part of the league and lebowski traded his fourth round pick to mike herndon 
for A.J. Brown and Mike's eighth-round pick. Now, A.J. Brown is the 15th-round keeper. What do you guys think of that good value? Is that good value, bad value? Is that too much to give up to A.J. Brown in a non-dynasty league, even though he can keep him for the 15th-round pick this year, good the 7th-round keep- pick next year, and then the third-round pick the year four, and then year five, he'd be a first-round pick? I think it really depends on, obviously, we're high on A.J. Brown and what he could be in the Titans quarterback situation moving forward. Feels like they've got the right pieces there, at least for the next few years. Those are some good draft spots to have a guy, if you think he's going to be a high-caliber player, that's a good spot to have someone like that in the 15th and the 7th round, especially. Now, third round, I still think it's got some decent value, so that's three years of value. Three years from now, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... easily... Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying, that you're still getting a high, high value out of that pick, three years later. So that's, that's just the gift that get, keeps on giving to me. So and Kenneth, in a is, standard round, a fourth round pick is what you should trade him away for. Now, if that is, if you only have like four rounds, right? So I would a, require more draft, than a four. I would require more than a fourth round pick. Yeah. And I in think, dynasty draft, you would want like higher, right? I mean, I oh, assume dynasty yeah. draft is only like a few rounds. It's, it's considerably most, less. I believe. Yeah. Most of the teams already exist. Like, I don't and even know if he, they we're we're doing our draft. first dynasty football league this year because we realize that we don't know a lot. But I they think might not have a draft. draft is they, like no, they might just th- be no, rookies. Seven or eight rounds. It's it's literally well, rookie. It, but it's just rookies though. So yeah, that draft has possibly already happened. Possibly not already happened. I think he might even be asking trade wise about players you trade AJ Brown for. Oh, is that what he's saying? Read the question one more time by uh, Clutch Kenneth. Kenneth Goit, what? Would you trade AGB AJB away for in a Superflex PPR dynasty? I would trade him for a RB1 of probably like of Todd Gurley stature and then a wide receiver like Robert Woods. I mean, like if you got really? Robert Woods and Todd Gurley, and the reason Maybe oh, Cooper you mean Cup. both? Yeah, you get both. Like okay. you, you should be able to get both in a dynasty league for AJ Brown. Agreed. Now, if you wanted to take be, the reason being is because Todd Gurley's still relatively young, but he's a running back, right? So you I wouldn't want Todd Gurley, getting, by the way. But I'm just saying of his caliber. So it's yeah, like an so RB. Let's take this. That's as a borderline RB two, RB one, right? Yeah. Okay. Robert Woods is a border RB two, RB one. You should get two wide receiver yeah. players that yeah wide receiver. Sorry. Uh, you should get two players that um, equal out to what A.J. Brown's value and projection will be. And those sure. would be two guys that kind of – they're kind of guys that fly under the radar, but they are going to get you a lot of points, and probably your point total will make up for A.J. Brown being gone. Especially when you consider the value that A.J. I'm, I'm imagining that they're in the same situation if they have the same thing with the picks and the staggering, that they probably got him fairly late last year too so i mean that's yeah, going to be yeah. some value moving forward so there's not it's more than just the players points it's what you can get by not having to take him so early so i agree we should have clarified though so this is a good learning experience we should have hopped in those mentions and clarified a little bit more from clutch kenneth true that's a good point our bad because that's our bad that's our bad well, you know he did provide good detail but we kind of need to know is this pre-draft post-draft 
you know, what's your yeah. current roster looking like? That's a good point. So, Kenneth, if, if we didn't answer this, like, hit that same question up, hit clarify, and we will get back to you on, on the Twitter question, on that specific question. We'll yeah. respond. Someone, I'm not sure, one of our, one of the three heads from the flex will, will respond. So, sure. moving. No, Greenlaw, Greenlaw's in Ireland. He's right yeah. there. He's right <laughs> over there. I, th- I was just thinking who had never anyway moving on so the next question comes in from the brody and i'm going to butcher this at at bigger eed 24 eric b-i-g-e-r e-a-d 24 yeah. eric you nailed it you nailed it whatever i like sure. having a solid tight end on my roster especially in a 12 team league yeah, for their value would you recommend taking Ertz, andrews or waller so to clarify, I think he's asking between the three, who would be your one? If you want to rank them, you know, would you would you take, you know, Waller at, th- at the third slot, then Ertz, then An- Andrews? Like, how would you, like, what's Oh, your- well, they're going the inverse order they have. So the, he's asking about the current ADP statuses of tight ends three, four, and five. Zach Ertz, number three. Mark Andrews, number four. Darren Waller, number five. Now, Ertz and Andrews are going pretty close together. Uh, 37 overall for Ertz, 43 overall for Andrews. So about fourth round end of the third, fourth round. And then Waller's going about a round later, fifth round for Darren Waller. So for that value, I would probably lean towards Zach Ertz from in terms of a confidence and value standpoint. Like I just think the wide receiver position is so deep this year that if you wanted to spend your third round pick on a tight end, you could. Between those three guys, I'm most confident that Ertz will be a stud. I don't like spending that early of a pick on tight end, but I have found myself in leagues where I go like running back wide receiver in a mock draft and I'm sitting there in the third round and the running back options are so bare that I'm like, I'll just take the best tight end because there's only like five good tight ends anyway. And if you get one of those top five, then you're going to be in a good position every week. Whereas if you're trying to like stream tight ends or you're just worrying about it every week. And sometimes it's nice to like get a guy that you can be confident in. So I'd probably go Ertz based on just from those three guys. Now, overall, I'm waiting. But in terms of yeah. those three guys, I'm going Ertz. Yeah, in terms of those three guys, you're completely wrong. And as Ertz is a complete overreach. You want to go Darren Waller. And here's why. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He If if it's Marcus, does it doesn't matter. If it's Derek Carr, it doesn't matter. Because we've already seen what Derek Carr makes Darren Waller or Darren Waller makes Derek Carr, vice versa. Either way, they have chemistry, right? We know that Delaney Walker and Marcus had really excellent chemistry. Now we have Marcus with Darren Waller, DW, you know, just there. And we know he just targets his tight ends. You know, he can't throw deep. He's he's a dead-arm quarterback. And, you know, it doesn't just – it just doesn't matter who's back there behind center – it's going to be Darren Waller. He's sixth round. Who Drafting a tight end in the third round, especially Zach Ertz with... 54 uh, overall is not sixth round. Well, that's what you... Well, you said sixth round. I said fifth round. Oh, did you say fifth? It yeah, sounded yeah. like six over here. Sounded like six. Hello? You're good. You're fifth? good. Okay. Uh, what about way, all the weapons that have been added to Oakland's passing attack? Are you talking about the last year. weapons? Well, I just mean, the rookies and the Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. Rookies. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It just I'm doesn't worried. matter. Here's my perspective on that. Is oh, that what about Darren all Waller, that, that they have? Well, I'm, well that's Eagles. true too. But here's my perspective is that 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. Zach Ertz was not challenged as much when all the Eagles receivers went down last year, and they have new guys this year. But a bunch, a couple of guys opted out for the Eagles wide receivers. But I'm afraid that Darren Waller had a career year last year. He was above what was expected, and he's going to regress a little bit down. Zach Ertz, in terms of his career expectations, had a bit of a down year last year and could, therefore, bounce back Aggress. a little bit. Aggress to the mean. Um <laughs> and I think that for that reason, I would bet more on the Zach Ertz bounce back. But I mean, I don't, I don't hate Darren Waller either. I Let's think Darren Waller is a fine choice. I just, I my just confidence that... level would be higher in Zach Ertz. We don't have to spend that much time on this. But well, who's the rebuttal... backup? Who's the backup quarterback on the Eagles? I don't know, Nate Sudfeld, maybe. Oh I yeah, have no idea. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe meet in the middle. Mark Andrews is probably the he's decent the value perfect, too. Perfect guy because Hayden Hurst is gone. I don't even yeah. know who their second tight end is. You know, it could, yeah, maybe that's the one. Yeah, but true. I'm going Darren Waller. Yeah. Andrews said, may be the most uh, reliable member of the Ravens' passing game. We've we've said that we're we're tabbing Johnny Smith as having a breakout year. So I oh think yeah, everyone here is targeting him. So it's kind of hard for me to think about any other tight ends, even though I need to because if I'm in drafts with y'all, someone's going to get him before I do, or it's going to someone's going to reach just so they can have him. And I'm not going to hate it because he's going to have a breakout. But I, I think if, I agree. if if you're mandatory tight end. And those are the three you're targeting. Fuck those three guys and go Johnny Smith. Mm-hmm. Or or no, a lot or, uh, of other this... guys. Ian Thomas or monitoring Blake this... Jarwin, Eric Ebron. I mean, I don't know. Hayden no, these Hurst. These are all horrible names. These are where you're going? Hayden Hurst, well, you Austin Hayden Hooper, Hurst Noah Fan. I mean, I'm just. I don't think, Disley, I don't I think would... Disley's horrible if he's healthy. Disley appears Jarwin, to be healthy, though. according to the latest. Reports. Well, J- Blake Jarwin's a guy I'm like taking a shot on and putting my bench and see if he pops. I don't know. So anyway, uh, that answers the tight end question of of those three. I think that there's some good. Hopefully, Brody, you're able to get some stuff, and it could be at Big E Reed. Whatever. Correct me uh, later on on Twitter. I'd appreciate that because now I'm worried about it. Uh, our next question comes from Jamal at Jamalisms. Uh, which is a bigger waste of space, DST kicker or Jamal? Well, I'm going to handle this one, guys. Clearly, Jamal. Let's move on. Uh, moving on to our next question. <laughs> Love you, Jamal. Yeah. Nikhil Gupta at Nikhil underscore G14. Based on what happened in the playoffs last season, who would you rather have at QB in life and fantasy this upcoming season? Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. Jeez. Tannehill. <laughs> in life and in fantasy. So I don't mind that question. I think it's a really good question. But Hopefully he won't get uh, Nikhil won't get mad at us here. Can we keep it to fantasy only so we can get to some of these other questions? Because I think that's a, I think that's a whole different question. I like it. Fantasy football's life, so it's the okay. same for me. <laughs> I love Ryan Tannehill. Yep. But I'm going Lamar Miller. I Lamar, Lamar Miller. I know oh, I know that he chokes in the playoffs. You just call but... him Lamar Miller. Can we point that out? Oh yeah, sorry. What I say, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Sorry, thinking running backs. Anyway, uh, Lamar oh, Jackson. That's a dig. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Lamar that's Jackson. Like Tannehill right there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that Lamar Jackson is not going to repeat what he did last year, but still in the regular season, as a football fan, was pretty fun to watch, right? You know he's going to be fun to watch. You know that he's also going to put up fantasy points while he's fun to watch in real life. 
that is that is the guy that you would take for both fantasy and real life. Because when he gets in the playoffs, sure, he's going to break you hard because he's going to choke and he's going to get sacked and throw interceptions and fumble because he sucks in the playoffs. <laughs> but so did Peyton. Just saying, you know, Lamar Jackson, you got to take the good with the bad. I'll win some fantasy championships and still see my team get to the playoffs and just be heartbroken rather than the volatile high risk of, yes, Ryan Tannehill's really good and he's fun to watch, but what if some shit happens with the Titans and they may not make it in the playoffs? Like, the Ravens are going to make it in the playoffs because Lamar Jackson has just proven that he's going to take it. You look like – I mean, not look, sorry. You sound like a fan that's been burned before. Just saying <laughs> – just saying. I will hey, say if that you're on the YouTube. Life. If you're on the YouTube, it also looks like so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been beaten. So I will say this: I, I Tannehill's my dude. I, I love that he's a Titan. I love that the chemistry this offense is going to be having. We've talked about it on Coach's Quarter. If you want to go check out some of those episodes, shameless plug. I uh, do. Where can I find those episodes? They are on Spotify, on iTunes, Coach's oh, Corner. Check it out. So rate us all that good stuff. But anyway, we talked about how Ryan Tannehill just might have found his fit. And there's a lot to be said about that. And I don't want to, like, you always remember your latest memory, right? So we're, we, we're a little guilty with both these guys because neither one had what I would call stellar playoffs. Obviously, Lamar Jackson was terrible in his one game. Ryan Tannehill was used less than he was in the regular season because they had a different mindset they were trying to against those teams. But I will say when he had to make throws, he still made big throws in those games. And there's going to be some some regression from Ryan Tannehill more than likely just based on career and all that. But if it's in a good spot where he can continue, I'm still he's still a guy that if you're asking me to pick between the two, Lamar Jackson, but I'm also targeting Tannehill at a certain spot where I can maybe take other positions because I think Tannehill season average-wise maybe within, what, four, three, four, five points of Lamar Jackson average-wise. And to me, I'm willing to wait on Tannehill and still get those consistent points. Yeah, to me, it's about what team are these players being taken onto. Like, are you just starting a brand new, fresh team in the NFL that has to be competitive for ten plus years? You know, is it based on age? Are you picking these guys for one game? Are you bringing Lamar Jackson's offensive coordinator? Is Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh coming to make sure John Harbaugh, whichever I don't honestly even know which one is which, Jim Harbaugh coming to? Is that right? Yeah, it's Jim. Jim's in Baltimore. Coming to, uh, correction will be on the YouTube, coming to with Lamar if you pick Lamar, or are you, like, putting Lamar on the current, like, whatever I mean, that's, team? That's, that's a good question. Those are good questions to ask, and, you know, those are good questions you should have asked Nikhil. in the Twitter. Yeah, sorry, Nikhil, I, I failed you. But here's sorry, the thing. Nikhil is Harry. that No, Nikhil, what was it, Gupta? Gupta. Oh, I thought it was Nikhil Harry. Um, the thing is, when you... Like, so ultimately, I think that you kind of just have to t accept that, like, the you'll adjust the scheme, right? And if you are going to adjust the scheme, whatever, then Ryan Tannehill's also in the perfect scheme fit for him now, too. I mean, leading the league in yards per attempt, leading the league in passer ratings, probably not going to do that again, but Lamar Jackson's not going to lead the league in passing and, or passing touchdowns while only throwing the, like, third amount, I think, like, third fewest pass attempts for qualified quarterbacks while leading the league and passing touchdowns, like, that's a crazy thing he's going to regress to. So both guys are going to regress. Based on their age and everything, you probably have to take Lamar Jackson. But, like, for one game in the play, like, for the Super Bowl, 
Who am I taking? I might choose Tannehill based oh, on... I, I think you're right there. I mean, I think so. you're right. If you go to the Super Bowl, you got to take Tannehill. Like, maybe there's layers to this, and I agree. Yeah. There's he's layers the, to it. He's the veteran. I, I tried to narrow down these layers before he's we He's actually won a playoff game, unlike Lamar Jackson, so I don't know. That's probably so, why. It's definitely a good question. I'm glad I asked, and, and, and lessons learned here as we'll ask some clarifying questions the next time that we do this and have some participation. But moving on, because I think that answers the question beautifully. Thank you, boys. Uh, moving on to Juan Pablo Haro at Juan Pablo Haro with the ninth pick in a 10-team non-PPR league. Who should be my first pick? So I don't really care about the, the – I get where he's going with the 10-team. Let's just – let's look at this as the ninth pick in a non-PPR league. Who would you be taking? So first of all, we have to establish who's on the board. So I'm just going to say the top – Eight guys, according to current ADP, are gone. That would be. I think you have to. There's no other way to predict it. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams. First off, any of those guys, if they fall, must drafts, or all of them must drafts, or is there anyone that if they fall, you're passing on? I don't think so. I think yeah, I'm drafting so, any of those guys if they fall to that spot for so sure. If any of those guys are there at nine, that's who you take. Now moving forward, ADP list has Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones next at the wide receiver, and then Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb at running back, Kenyon Drake at running back, so Travis Kelsey is up there. I probably would not ten team does Kelsey. matter because he gets to have that revolving door right there after it to have that that technically the eleventh pick as well. Personally, oh, sorry. I'm going running back, running back, because every time I get to the third round of a mock draft, I am not digging the running back options anymore. And I I love DeAndre Hopkins, and I love Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to have huge seasons. But I think there are going to be a ton of receivers that have good seasons, and that your wide receiver 25 isn't going to be that far behind your wide receiver 15, who isn't going to be that far behind your wide receiver five? So I feel like that's going to be a, a bunch that you can draft later. For that reason, at nine, I'm looking at like going potentially Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake with those two picks or something in that, or something like that. Here's what I would do: I would draft, I would draft Tyreek Hill, then on the turn draft Kenyon Drake. Stay away from Nick Chubb. He does not catch Oof. the ball a lot and all that I'm kind all of in stuff. If you're, Remember, a PP, hold on. if you're a PP, this is PPR and it's non PPR. Non PPR. Non PPR. Oh, it's non PPR? Yeah, that's what the question was specifically. Oh, sorry. I was looking at it because I missed the question. I just totally skipped over the non. Man, this is a big mistake episode for me. And I'd like to apologize to all my fans who have written to me over the last few weeks saying that I have been very reliable and never made a mistake. So Bit of a humbling I really experience. It, it has been. And, you know, I'll do better and make sure that I never make a mistake ever again after this episode. See, this is still him correcting before the sentence is over. So I'm not, I, I feel. Well, no, no, I, I admitted my mistakes. <laughs> exactly. You're fine. You apologized. Hey, we're all on behalf of all your fans as your biggest fan. Thank you. Apology accepted. Yep. You look cute tonight. Anyway, so non PPR, then yeah, you go. If it's non PPR, no doubt. Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake. Uh, who with the other running backs though on a board? Miles Sanders that high is like maybe. And then no, I, Austin Eckler. Oh, Joe Mixon. We missed Joe Mixon. I might. Yeah, I think I would go. Okay, I think I'd go with, with the. 
Yeah, you could go Joe Mixon or the other guys, but you definitely go um, Nick Chubb. If he is there in a non-PPR at number nine, of take it to the bank. Put it in the wall. Do you guys think it matters that I read off the list of the top eight PPR? Yeah, it position? definitely matters. Yeah, it definitely matters. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was fairly clear that I said non-PPR because I was going to fault and say, does no, that change? Did, but... What is, no, what is your spot? To be fair, I kind of I zoned out, so that's yeah. why I went and looked for the tweet, and then I oh, still love with your background the there. correctly. To be double fair, the options did not change. The order changed slightly, so we're all good. Yeah, Yeah, but so your point, if one of those guys falls, you're running up to the podium and turning your card in in a heartbeat. I, so, what wide might take Nick win? Chubb over uh, over who's there who, who, who would be falling? Uh... Who who it would be the top uh, eight? Top We're eight. Top eight, real quick. Didn't change. Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams. Okay, I would take uh, Michael. I would take Nick Chubb over Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, and uh, Dalvin Cook. Fair. And in this sorting, Joe Mixon is nine. I would take Nick Chubb over Joe Mixon as well. Yes. And Correct. Josh Jacobs jumped up a lot. He's now 11. I'm probably taking... Actually, it's crazy how far Kenyon Drake fell. Kenyon Drake fell to 22. Yeah. Dude, he, Kenyon he Drake is still going to be... Yeah, well, he's still going to be a good running back regardless oh, yeah. of how many passes... Kenyon Drake's a steal. Is, I mean, we talked about 22. we want a part of that offense regardless if it's Hopkins or, right. or what's going on out there in, in the desert. It's going to be a fun show. So In a 10-team league, 22 is third round. If you can get Kenyon Drake in the third round, you are winning. <laughs> yeah, I think that answers the, the next. Uh, you know, the next few things are just kind of move along here because we had uh, an interesting one from Crick three three seven at Christian R zero eight. Russell Wilson in the eighth or Stafford in the eleventh. Russell Standard. Wilson in the eighth, all day long. Stafford in the eleventh is a little too high. I, I feel like for a quarterback of Stafford's uh, volatility. Ooh, that's a good What's word. interesting is Stafford's my guy. Yeah. But I agree. But I agree, though. Russell Wilson in the 8th. So eighth. we're going to that scenario, Russell Wilson in the 8th. That was a quick one. I was Russell just... Wilson in the 8th is such good value that you, you will see. It's one of those rare things that, yeah, like Mahomes in, like, the 3rd or whatever is still really good, right? Lamar Jackson the 4th, whatever it is. Whatever their ADPs are. You're going to get points out of them, but – your overall team benefits with Russell Wilson the eighth. Yeah, gotcha. I agree. Last pick, last pick question, and before we move on to our couple rapid fire from a, from a friend, uh, Shane Prinda at PS Prinda writes at the fifth spot in my league. Should I take Henry or Cook? Non PPR. No Henry. question in my mind. no question. Right. I mean, this is as unbiased as I possibly can be. I'm taking Henry every day. I, I've already said this once on a podcast i think the vikings are an offensive candidate to need to throw more i think that derrick henry is his schedule is i mean the titans have the second easiest schedule according to win total projections not according to like last year's winning percentages but according to win total projections which have proven to be a little bit more predictable in terms of in terms of accuracy um titans have the second easiest schedule in that regard so that means that game scripts could favor derrick henry and i think more than any team in the league 
the Titans like are a game script dependent fantasy offense. When the Titans are winning, Henry's gonna have a good fantasy game. When the Titans are losing, probably not. So the more games the Titans are gonna be winning, the more Derrick Henry's gonna be worth the pick. And I think that when you get to number five, you know, it's either Henry Cook or a receiver. And I just talked about why I want to take a running back there. I'm not taking Cook because I think he's a much bigger injury risk, and he's just like a like the Vikings offense. I would take the Titans offense over the Vikings offense. Real quick, does that change in PPR? No. You're still taking Henry. Mm. I mean, how many more points is Dalvin Cook going to get out of catching the ball? You know, well, in a PPR, one full point per reception. Yeah. Okay. How uh, many is that? Over the I, I don't know. 20? My biggest thing about Cook is that. He's injury prone and, yeah. you know, is he going to play when it comes down to to it when the regular season starts and all this kind of stuff? What's the holdout going to consist he's of? Practicing. He's, he's there now, but, you know, the CBA is kind of tricky. You can get around. There's a little bit of loopholes, but I don't know. Something about Cook in Minnesota this year has really turned me away from it, and especially if you're in non-PPR – there is no reason that you should be even debating. It should be if you're at the fifth pick and Derrick Henry is still there, turn it in. Have you seen the workout videos? Have you seen how this offense is built? This offense is built to give Derrick Henry the ball to bully the other team all the way down the field. No doubt, Derrick Henry, non-PPR, don't even think about it. Don't overthink yep. it. That that's a this is an o, a perfect case of overthinking the draft pick at a draft spot. And also, if you're a Titans fan, you're gonna have so much more fun this whole season. Oh, for sure. Henry, yeah, I always love well owning Cook. Yeah, especially because the Vikings play the Titans this year. You don't want to have that one. Cook and, and Henry's one of those guys where he's his talent matches the opportunity of the team he's with. And you've got to love that combination and how the Titans look to attack a defense and what his skill set is. So I'm looking forward to that. So we're high on Derrick Henry there. So let's move on to our last question set coming in from James Dallasan, Dallasan, Dallasan at South Texan Titan. Let's do these rapid fire. He's got quite a few of them. We'll kind of go quickly if y'all don't mind. Will TJ Hawkinson be a tight end one this year? No. No. Okay. Better second year, A.J. Brown or Terry McLaurin? Uh, are you stupid, AJ Brown? <laughs> Will the Come Niners shame? Off- <laughs> <laughs> Will the Niners' offense fall flat this year? No. Yes, compared to last year. Okay, but does that does that mean they're going to fall flat? Because they've, even if they're not as good as last year, doesn't mean they're technically going to fall flat. Uh, you know, really, he should have specified what he's going to try to say. Maybe he should quit asking so many questions in one tweet. Yeah. I appreciate the enthusiasm, though. Here's a, here's a good one for the Titans fan, though. Derrick Henry, boom or bust, first half of the season, because Dehember happens. I think this it's is a good question, but it's a legit question. I think this is Derrick Henry's best first eight games he's ever played in his career. I fucking agree. Take Let's that go, to the baby. bank, James. Going to do the sound effect for that one, but I'm glad y'all agree finally this episode. That's fantastic. And his last and probably most important question to him is why doesn't the flex follow me? Well, James, I've got some good news for you, buddy. It follows you now. 
So congrats. Oh. And going forward, anyone who asks a question will get followed automatically. Right. Well, since you said that, oh. you can go ahead and do <laughs> Make sure you keep up with that. I'll keep up. Until that is it's truly a win. Until it becomes too much <laughs> to care for, that will be a call. And I will announce the end of it on this show. So make sure you listen. Well, that's something to look forward to for the fans, but that's going to do it for us this week. Remember to be sure and check out all the other podcasts and articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Follow on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Follow Zach at FWordsPod, JG at Titans Film Room. Please follow our vacationing back with the soon co-host Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway. Remember to follow Broadway on Facebook and Instagram as well. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and rate 10 stars. Don't worry, that math does work out before you log out of the app. So until next time, we out. Boom. Oh, yeah. All you got to do is go to the app, hit five stars, double click, yep. close the app, go back to the app, hit five stars. Boom. Done. The Done. math works. Like I said, the math works out. Math Even I can do that. It's actually <laughs> the only way to do it, short of giving us two stars five times or one star ten times. And those are not really good options. Don't do that. You think, do you think we'll get sponsored by Drew? If not, I mean, it may just be me. I just want you guys to know it's just me. I do love. Please tell me that you came up with that background while we were sitting here live. Doing yeah, dude, I, I made it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. But I and you it. wonder why you can't pay attention to some of the little details like PPR versus non PPR. That's because I can't read. <laughs>